Um, so we are continuing our series that's called My Big Fat Mouth. And if you weren't with us last time, we talked about criticism. Um, and it's just really, really great stuff. I know when I'm preparing and when I'm putting this stuff together, God's really speaking to me. God's really challenging me. And um, I said last time, and I really believe it, this is probably the most needed series that we've ever done in Threads. This is probably the most relevant to our current situations and circumstances that we've ever had in Life Central Youth. Like, and like I say, God's really challenging me on this stuff. I would really encourage you to be engaged in this talk. Like, Take notes if you need to. Hold it if you need the toilet. Don't miss out on what God might want to say. Um, because I really think that tonight, God wants to do something significant um, through what, what, what I want to share with you. So last time we looked at criticism, tonight we are going to look at lying. You know, a few years ago when I was on my gap year, I was on my second year, and um, at the end of the year they did something called end of year bash. And it was basically a party to go and celebrate what God had done in the year, celebrate um, our year together of being on our gap year and celebrate it coming to the end. And uh, we went to London for a couple of days. There was about 60 or 70 of us. Um, we went to London. We were staying in a hotel, did all the sights. Um, and then on the middle evening of our three days there, um, we did this boat cruise up the Thames. So we all got on this boat um, it was kind of like dusk time. And we got on this boat and went up and down the Thames um, and I had like a bit of a party and a bit of a celebration. And it was amazing. It was incredible. We had such a good time seeing all the, all the sights, all the famous landmarks in London, so watching the sun go down, coming back and it being all lit up. It was absolutely incredible. And because I, I was on my second year, there was about 12 of us who'd been on our second year that year. And uh, we'd become quite close and I'd become quite close with um, four other people and uh, we hatched this plan at the end of the boat trip that we were going to go off and have this night out in London. We'd, um, we'd been mooching around uh, in the day and we found this really cool bar in Covent Garden. And we decided we were going to sneak off and go to Covent Garden and continue the party, just the five of us. And uh, one of the lads in our group went and spoke to one of the staff members, one of the leaders of the Gap Year, um, and, and invited them along in a sneaky way. And he said, oh, a few of us are going to go over to, to this bar later. Do you want to join us? And he said, no, 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 it's fine. He then came to me and said, oh, I've spoken to Steve. Steve said, it's fine for us to go. And I was like, hmm, that sounds a bit dubious. I kind of knew it was a lie, but I went with it anyway because I wanted to go on a night out in Covent Garden. So what happened was, is all 60, 70 of us, we, we went to the uh, tube station, we got into the, into the tube station, and everybody started going up to the, escala up the escalator. The five of us waited till the very last, and when everybody had got on the escalator, the five of us went down on the next escalator, and we split off from the entire group. We managed to sneak away, and we got to this cool bar in Covent Garden. We're in, we're, we're dancing, there was a live band on, it was amazing, and then suddenly we realised that the car had been let out the bag and we started getting texts off some of the staff members now you know Simon Woodward who's the associate pastor here so at the time his wife Dee was one of the staff members and one of the leaders of the gap year and um, nobody knew that I was there I, like somehow I'd been missed off the list of people that were missing and um, which was delightful 
And, but suddenly, like, my mates were getting text messages saying, get back to the hotel now. You will have a disciplinary meeting in the morning at 7 o'clock. All this kind of stuff was coming in. And I was like, let's carry on partying. And we, we kind of stayed out. Then we said, look, right, we've got to get back. We've got to get back before we get into some serious trouble. And we're in the taxi on the way back. And uh, I'm saying to them, look, if none of the leaders and none of the staff are there in the hotel when we get back and they're not waiting for us, and they don't know I'm here, let's never let them know that I'm here. Um, and I was like, let's lie our way out of this. Let's get out of it. I don't want to get into trouble. Let's get out of it. And we, we got out the taxi. We got back to the hotel. We walked into the hotel lobby, and all of the staff and all of the leaders were sat having a coffee together in the lobby. And we walked in, and it was like the walk of shame. It was like, all right, all right. And we kind of silently walked to the lift. It was awful. And I knew I'd been caught out in a lie. I'd been led in a lie. And I, I was willing to lie to get myself out of that situation. Guys, we all lie, don't we? We have all told a lie. Put your hand up if you have told a lie in the last 24 hours. Okay, if you have not got your hand up, you're probably lying right now. So you probably should have your hand up. You know, research shows that we lie on average four times a day at least. You know, um, professional, clever university people have done a mass study and have found that 60% of people, when meeting a new person, can't have a 10-minute conversation without lying about themselves. It's incredible, isn't it? You know, lying is one of the first things that we learn to do as human beings. You know, I remember as a toddler, like you know, getting into trouble, drawing all over the walls and standing there with a pen in my hand going, it wasn't me, it was my sister. Like, I didn't eat that cake, Mum, honest, he said, with crumbs all around his mouth. Like, one of the first things that we learn is how to lie and how to not tell the truth. But, you know, the Bible's got loads to say on lying. In fact, it says this in Proverbs 12, verse 22. It says, the Lord detests lying lips, but he delights in those who tell the truth. The word detest... Um, it comes from the Hebrew, everyone say Hebrew. It comes from the Hebrew, um, which means something disgusting, an abhorrent, an abomination, something that makes one nauseous. When we lie, it literally makes God feel sick. The Lord detests lying lips. When we lie, when we don't tell the truth, it literally makes God feel sick. In Ephesians 4, it's going to come up on the screen again. It says, since you have heard about Jesus and have learned, um, learned the truth that comes from him, throw off your old sinful nature and your former way of life. Remember, I talked about the old normal. Um, and it says, which is corrupted by lust and deception. Instead, let the spirit renew your thoughts and attitudes. Put on your new nature, your new normal, created to be like God, truly righteous and holy. So stop telling lies. Let us tell our neighbors the truth, for we are all parts of the same body. You know, you, last time when I talked about criticism, I said you may never be more like Jesus when you are dealing hope to people, when you're um, sharing hope with people, you may never be more like Jesus. You know, you may never be more like the devil when you lie. 
The Bible says this. It's not on the screen, this one, but it says in John 8, verse 44, it says, the devil was a murderer from the beginning, not holding to the truth, for there is no truth in him. When he lies, he speaks his native language, for he is a liar and the father of all lies. See, the devil is a liar. And when we lie, we are speaking the native language of the devil. We talk loads in Life Central Youth. We talk loads in church that God has got a plan for your life. God's got a plan and a purpose for you. Plans to prosper you, to give you hope and all that kind of stuff. We talk loads about that. But you know, the devil has also got a plan for your life. And you see, the devil has got all sorts of plans. The first plan that the devil has got is to get you to lie. You know, there's so many examples of when we might lie. We might make up things about other people. We might leave out details when we're telling our parents what happened in, in that event in school. We might leave out certain details. We might explain why we didn't reply and give a little bit of a lie. Oh, my phone wasn't working. I'd run out of battery. We might lie why we say our homework wasn't finished on time. We might even lie about what we said we did or what we, what we said we would do. Like, oh, oh, and then I told them, if they ever say that again, then I'm going to rip their head off and I'm going to punch them in the face and I'm going to kick them and they're, they're going to wish they were never born. And you think, you actually said that? And they're like, no, I didn't say it, but I fought it and I was going to say it. Like, often we lie in so, so many different ways. When I did my first gap year, there was a ru- rule that you couldn't start a new relationship that you couldn't get with anybody. You had to stay single for the year um, so that you wouldn't be distracted, so you could focus on God. And I got onto my team, and I began to fancy one of the girls on my team, and we were flirting. And then uh, one night we ended up kissing, and uh, we didn't tell anybody. We kept it an absolute secret. We, began, we, we then began to have this secret relationship that nobody knew. I mean, my first two gap years, I was horrific, um, but God still used me because he's gracious. But, you know, I, 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 was, I was lying to people. When people asked me if I liked her, I would say no. If people asked me if something was going on, I would absolutely deny it. Yet we were meeting up in secret. We were creating this little lie that we lived in. And, you know, at the end of the year, when we finally got the chance to, to make it public and start going out together, everybody knew what had been going on. Everybody was like, mate, we knew. It was so obvious. But I kept continuing to lie about it. You know, We might lie about big things, but we might also lie about small things. I remember a couple of years ago, somebody in the church had had emailed me, and uh, I didn't want to reply to the email. I couldn't really be bothered with what they were emailing me about. So I kind of just deleted it and thought, I'm just going to pretend I never got that email. And then they came up to me one morning in church, and they said to me, oh, did you get that email I sent you? And straight away in my head, I went, what email? And they went, oh, no, I emailed you a couple of weeks. Oh, I, I've, I've not seen that email. No, no, no I haven't seen it. Um, oh, my emails have been playing up recently. It must have, it must have been that. Have you, have you got the right email address? I literally made a check my email address on her phone. And then um, it was the right email address. I was like, oh, send me it again, and I'll definitely reply. Like I was caught out lying there. It was awful. We might lie about big things. We might lie about small things. But the key is that the devil's plan for your life is to get you to lie. It's to get you to start speaking his native language. See, we're never more like the devil when we lie. And the devil's aim and and plan for our lives is to get us speaking his language. 
The second plan that the devil has for us is to get you to lie to yourself, to rationalize your lives. Your lies. So, so many times you might lie to yourself that you begin to believe your own lies. You can fool yourself and convince yourself that you're the victim, that you've lied so much that you can end up in a web of lies, that you're not hurting anybody if you just tell a little white lie. You know, you can lie to yourself, go on, you deserve it. No one's looking, no one will ever know. No one will ever know that you've lied about that, so it's fine. You, you begin to lie to yourself. Maybe you lie to yourself, and I think this is probably something that we all do, is that we lie to ourselves and tell ourselves that we're not worth anything, that no one will ever love us, that no one will ever give me a shot. We begin to tell those lies to ourselves. See, the devil's plan is that you might lie to yourself. There's this story in, in the Old Testament um, of David, you know, David and Goliath, David, uh, David who wrote the Psalms, became king of Israel, that David. Um, David was uh, supposed to be a battle, but didn't go, couldn't be bothered. And he's chilling on the roof of his house, and he sees this woman getting a bath on the roof of her house, like you do. And um, her name was Bathsheba. David takes a little bit of a liking to her. Of course he does. She's having a bath on a roof. Who wouldn't like that? And David gets her to come to the palace. He ends up sleeping with her. She gets pregnant, and it all ends up in this massive mess. And Bathsheba was married to Uriah, who was one of, one of the members of the army, one of the key leaders in the army. So David decides to try and cover up this one thing with, with another thing. And he, he gets Uriah to come home, and he says, look, have a night off. Take your wife out for a meal. Have a few drinks. Go do the married couple thing um, at night, and then go back to war tomorrow. But you see, when people were at battle, they, re they wouldn't go and sleep with their wives. They wouldn't go and, and, and have sex, because that's not what you did when you were in battle. But David convinced Uriah to have a bit, a bit to drink, and got, got Uriah drunk, and Uriah still refused to go and sleep with his wife. You know, what's mad is that a drunk Uriah had more integrity than a sober David in that moment. That's amazing, isn't it? The, the integrity of Uriah. But David's still trying to cover up his lies. So he's like, well, if I can't get him to sleep with his wife and then we can pretend that the baby's his, maybe we just need to kill him off. So he calls his commanders and said, look, Uriah's team, Uriah, needs to be on the front line of battle. So he gets killed. And, and David continues to lie and, and, and deceive and build up this, this web of stuff so that he can cover his own back and he begins to convince himself that it's okay and he lies to himself about it and then his mate Nathan knows all about what's gone on and he comes to him and he says King David um, I'd like you to speak into a situation um, there's this guy and he begins to tell this fake story but it's all what David has done and he tells this story in, in a third person not saying that David has done it but saying somebody else has done it and he, and he goes through and he says, this guy has done this and he's done this and he's told this lie to cover it up and he's tried to get somebody killed. And he goes through the whole thing and he says, he says so, so King David, what would, you, what would you have done to that man? And David says, I would absolutely have him killed. And Nathan says, you, David, are that man. You are that man. And at that moment, David breaks down and he confesses, and he, and he cries, and he weeps, and, he, and they talk it through. And, you know, I wonder if tonight the Holy Spirit might say to you tonight, 
you are that man or you are that woman or you are that person. Maybe the Holy Spirit might challenge you on some lies that you have been believing yourself, the lies that you've been telling yourself. Maybe God would say to you tonight, you are that man and he wants to meet with you in that. The final plan that the devil has for us is to live a lie. And this isn't all of us. It most definitely isn't all of us, but it will be for some of us this. You know, you might be the cool Christian guy at church, living for God, praying out loud in crews, worshiping like mad, telling all your friends about Jesus, but in secret, you've got a raging porn addiction and you're living a lie. Maybe you're quite normal and confident and people want to be friends with you and people want to hang out with you and you're, everybody looks at you and thinks you're really confident, you're really outgoing, but, but you're hiding an eating disorder and you're secretly carrying this massive burden, living a lie. Maybe you're considered to be fun-loving and everyone has a laugh with you and you're brilliant and everyone wants to have fun and you're the big joker but really secretly inside you're worn out, you're depressed and you're lonely. The devil wants us to live a lie. Maybe you are somebody who everybody looks to and thinks they're really clever. Oh, they're coping really well with exams. They're, they're predicted really high grades. Oh, I wish I was them. And you're, you are inside drowning under the stress and the pressure. See, the devil wants us to be living a lie. You know, maybe some of us are pretending to be a Christian when we're at church. We're pretending to live for Jesus when we're at cruise or threads, but we're not living it outside of that. See, the devil's plan for your life is to get you to live a lie. In 1 John 2 verse 4, it says, whoever says, I know him, but does not do what he commands, is a liar, and the truth is not in that person. The reason I can say this is because that was me. That was me when I was a teenager. I was going to church. I was doing the stuff. I was putting my hand up. I was pretending to be this good Christian guy, but really, it meant nothing to me. Really, I was just ignoring it, and I was going to school, and I was getting into fights, and I was getting with girls that I shouldn't be getting with, and I was doing all this stuff and I was living a lie, and all my Christian mates thought I was living for Jesus. And actually, when I look back on it, I realized that a lot of my mates were doing the exact same thing. And when I look back on that season in my life, it's so clear to see that I was living a lie, because there was no evidence of God moving in my life. There was no evidence of me living for God. You know, I really hope that's not you. But if it is, I think God wants to speak to you tonight. And God wants to meet with you in that. So why do we lie then? Why do we lie? Well, Laura, when Laura lies, she lies to protect people's feelings because she's a nice person and she, she might lie to protect people's feelings. But me, when I lie, I do it to protect my own reputation. I lie to make myself look better. I lie to make myself look good in front of people. I lie to cover up the things that I've not done or I should have done. But, you know, it's going to come up on the screen. The root reason most of us lie is because we don't completely trust God. Sometimes our lie works better than the truth. Sometimes lies, we think, give us security. When really, when we have to tell one lie after another, lie, 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 and it builds up a web of deceit, and all of a sudden we're crippled by fear that one day we're going to be found out. 
Sometimes we lie because we think it will get us more. And we lie to, to get more stuff and get more attention and get more um, kind of um, like accreditation of people, for want of a better phrase. But actually, we end up having less of what really matters. Maybe we lie to get people to, to like us, but really, we end up with relationships that are built on lies. You see, the, reason, the root reason most of us lie is because we don't completely trust God. See, we need to trust God with our security. We need to trust God that he will provide for us, that whatever we need, he will provide. We need to trust God with our relationships. God is calling us to trust him and completely trust him. You see, the Bible says that the devil is the father of all lies. The devil is a liar, but Jesus is the truth. Jesus says, if you know me, you will know the truth, and the truth will set you free. The good news tonight is that Jesus is all about the truth. You see, lies bring bondage. Lies bring captivity. Lies bring feeling like you're trapped in a prison. But the truth brings absolute freedom. You know, God's plan for your life is freedom. God's plan for you is to live in freedom. So how do we get that freedom? Well, it's as simple as this. It's a simple phrase. Um, we confess to God for forgiveness, and we confess to people for healing. Now, that might sound a little bit weird, but we go to God for forgiveness, and then we confess to people for healing. I'm going to go to the Bible for this. It's going to come up on the screen. In 1 John, it says this, if we confess our sins, he, God, Jesus, is faithful and just and will forgive us our sins and purify us from all righteousness. You see, the good news is, is that when we come before God and we say sorry and we say, God, I've messed this up. God, I've been telling these lies. I've been living this like God. We bring it to God and it says that God is faithful and just and he will forgive us and purify us. We go to God for forgiveness. We go to God for him. He is the only one that can purify us. He is the only one that can forgive us and wipe us clean. You see, we don't confess our, our sin and our lies to God to make God feel better. We confess that stuff to God for, for us, for our forgiveness. And then it says in James 5, it says, therefore, confess your sins to each other and pray for each other so that you may be healed. I, um, I remember when Laura and I were engaged and uh, we were beginning to just like figure out what it meant, what it was going to mean to build a marriage. And uh, I knew I had to confess some stuff to Laura. I knew I had to talk to her about um, all the things that I'd done in previous relationships with other girls. And it was not a nice conversation like we spent a couple of hours in the car and I went through a list of what I'd done with what girl it was not a nice experience for either of us but you know what it was so important that I confessed that stuff it was so important that I brought that stuff out into the light so that our relationship could be built on truth not on lies and deceit you know, I've, I've talked with people who've been addicted to pornography and one of the big like deal breakers for them has been bringing it out into the light. Yes, God provides forgiveness, but confession to others brings about healing. You know, lies are like wood lice. 
You know, wood lice when you lift up like a rock or something that's been there for a while and these little creepy crawlies run off the little like oval shaped wood lice or wood louse, whatever they are. Those things, when they're exposed to the light, they die. And lies are like wood lice. When you expose them to the light, when you bring them out, when you confess that stuff, it begins to lose its power and it loses its grip on you because the devil wants you to lie and stay secret about it. But actually, Jesus says that he wants to set us free. And he is truth. And the truth will set us free. Bringing lies into the light sets us free. And guys, at Life Central Youth, I want you to know, you don't have to pretend that everything is all right to the youth team. The youth team are here for just this kind of stuff. Like, if you are struggling with stuff, if you find that you are constantly lying or lying to yourself or living a lie, the youth team are here to walk that through with you. Like, we are here so that you can come to us and confess that stuff. Not because we want to know all the gossip, by the way, gossip in two weeks' time, that's the topic for Threads. That's going to be a fun one. Um, we're not, we're not say, I'm not saying that so that we get to find out all the things that you have been up to. We are here to stand with you and to bring truth and freedom through the power of Jesus. Like, don't pretend that everything's all right to us. Like, don't worry that we're going to think any less of you when you tell us about your mistakes. Trust me, most of us have been there. The majority of the youth team were teenagers once. In fact, we all were. And you see, we, we understand. We get what it's like to make mistakes. There is nothing that you can say that would shock us. But please know that you don't have to pretend to be a good Christian boy or a good Christian girl. If you are messing it up, if you are living a lie, if you are lying to yourself, go to God for forgiveness and go to people for healing. As you confess it, you pray for each other and you are healed. You know, it was that conversation with Laura in the car that healed a lot of stuff in me that meant that we could build a solid marriage built on the truth not lies. So what would it like, be like to live in freedom? Living in freedom looks like you've got nothing to hide. You have nothing to hide when you live in freedom. Telling the truth is not about partial confession. 99% of the truth is still 100% a lie if you're not telling the 100% truth. The truth isn't telling bits of the truth. It's telling the whole truth. You know, the amazing thing about the gospel, the amazing thing about God is that when we confess that stuff, we own it and we say, God, I've messed up. That's totally my fault. God, I've been living a lie. I've been lying to myself. I've been telling lies. God, I've, I've turned my back on you. God forgives us. But the grace of God is amazing that we can come and say, God, God, I need your grace. I need to meet you in this. And God forgives us. God purifies us. God makes us clean again. And God says, go and live for me. Band, could you make your way up to stage for me? That would be great. You know, God's been challenging me on this stuff. Like I said, God's been speaking to me about this. And I really think um, that God would be 
speaking to you guys in this. It's not been an easy talk to deliver. It's not been an easy talk to prepare for. But I really think that God would want to do business with some of us tonight. So what I'd like to ask you to do is stand to your feet, stay really quiet, but just stand to your feet for me. And just close your eyes. And we're going to... We're going to just wait and see what God wants to do. I've said what I've prepared, but in preparing it, I just... I felt God say to me that he'll do the business at this point. So why don't you close your eyes. It might help to hold your hands out in front of you. Holy Spirit, we pray that you would come and move in this place. God, would you have your way? God, would you come and speak right now? We're just going to wait. It's not awkward. The Bible says that we need to wait on the presence of God. So that's what we're going to do. I think some of you are feeling a real sense of shame. And it just felt like God said to me that we should talk very briefly about the difference between condemnation and conviction see when you're condemned you're like sentenced like when you're condemned God doesn't come to condemn us God is not a condemning God God does not say you're, you're finished you're dirty, you're useless that is not the word of God do not believe those lies over yourself but the Spirit of God does convict. Now, convicting is slightly different because convicting would be like saying, this is going on, almost like God raising up some stuff in you. And it's, it's not easy to face. It can be a little bit cringeworthy. It can make your toes curl. It can make you feel embarrassed that that's even coming up. But God's raising it up so that you can bring it to him and confess it and say, God, I need your help in this area. Don't feel bound by shame. This is an intimate moment with God. That God might want to deal with some of the lies that we have been living with for a long, long time. Don't hold it back. Don't, don't shut down. Don't let walls come up. God is a loving God. God is a gracious God. And he wants to bring this stuff up, not to make you feel bad, but to set you free. Because Jesus said that you will know the truth and the truth will set you free. We're going to just keep waiting. I think it'd be good to pray for some specific people.
Um, in fact, it's a, it's a group of people that that there's either a lie that's been spoken over you or a lie that you've told yourself or a lie that you have been living that God's raising up in you and God wants to set you free from that tonight and God wants to break the power of that you know like we sang earlier Jesus you make the darkness tremble your name is a light that the shadows can't deny Jesus wants to make that that lie tremble and be broken if that's you when I ask you to do something brave and come and stand at the front um, our team would love to pray for you if you want to chat to them you can do if you just want them to pray for you you just say just pray for me but if that's you if you know that you've been lying to yourself or that there's been a lie spoken over you that you've been carrying for a long time or you know that you've been living a lie and you need to make a step towards Jesus and say Jesus I need to come to you for forgiveness I need to come to you to break the power of this lie would you step forward now come and stand at the front Laura shared with me before and said she feels that some people might think that they deserve it I deserve to carry this lie because I'm I, I've, I've done stuff I, I deserve to be in, in kind of captivity by this lie, I deserve to live this lie because I'm not worthy of freedom let me tell you that is a lie that is that is a lie that is not true God want, wants to invite you into freedom there is nothing that you can do the Bible says there is nothing that you can do that separates you from the love of God no matter what you have done no matter how many times you've done that thing that you're, you regret God would say every single person deserves my love and my grace you do not deserve to live that lie you are a person who deserves to live in freedom some of you may have been challenged about the, the confessing to people about bringing lies out into the light like I said lies are like wood lice when you expose them to the light they die and maybe you know you need to confess some stuff to somebody me and Laura use a phrase um, when, when we're committed to something, when there's no going back, we use the phrase, the hat's over the wall. So if you throw your hat over a wall, you've got to go, go climb over the wall and get it back. Otherwise, someone's going to know that that's your hat. It's a silly phrase. But <laughs> what I felt God say about that is that maybe if you know that you need to confess some stuff, you need to sit down with somebody who you know is a person that you trust, a friend, a youth leader before you leave tonight throw your hat over the wall commit to it text them and say I need to talk to you about something 
grab a leader and say, this week can we meet up? I need to tell you something. Put your hat over the wall and commit to it. Because I guarantee you, you'll feel like God's challenging you on it now. But by the time you get up in the morning, you'll think, ah, it's all right. Nah, I don't really need to. Respond now. Put your hat over the wall. Even if you don't tell them now, commit to telling them. Commit to making that meeting. Commit to sort of texting them or whatever it is. Commit to what God's challenging you on tonight. We're going to um, finish by singing a song together that we've sung quite a few times recently in church. Um, It's a song, Who You Say I Am. And we've chosen this song to finish with because it just declares the truth of who God says we are. It says, who the Son sets free is free indeed. I am a child of God. And we declare the truth of who God says that we are. And it's just an amazing way to to finish what God has been doing. If God's still doing business, if you're still meeting with God, keep going for it. But we're going to sing this song together. You can stand in where you are or you can come down to the front. It's absolutely up to you. You can stay where you are at the front if you want or you can stay in your seats. But if you're um, sat down, why don't you stand? So people sat down, stand with us. Let me pray. God, I thank you that you have been meeting with us tonight. God, I thank you that you have been speaking to us. God, I pray for those that knew that they needed to respond, but but just in some way couldn't. God, I pray that you would give them the courage and the boldness to respond before the night is out. God, I pray that you would protect what you have done here, God, and I pray as we sing this song and declare the truth of who you say we are God would we begin to live and walk in that truth and that freedom in your mighty name we pray Amen